What's going on, everybody? I'm Mara. And I'm Tez. And welcome back to Sisters Who Kill. How far would you go to get back to somebody that you don't like? I mean, that you really don't like. Especially when you got a short temper, a hot head, and nothing to lose. If you're listening to this, you probably already know what I'm about to say, that today is the day for you to start your podcast. You have everything that you need, your computer, a little microphone, and Spotify for podcasters. It is the all-in-one platform where you can host, edit, and record your podcast and distribute it everywhere. Where you're listening right now, you can have your podcast there. I promise, for real. And it's free. And you can make some money off of your podcast for free. Free money. Free money is out there. Just go get it by starting your podcast today. Our players this week are Ken Lowe, Glennis's boyfriend, Glennis Pinto, our victim, and Carla Scott, our murderess. We couldn't find much about Carla's upbringing, but we do know that she was born on November 7th, 1980, and she has had many run-ins with the police. Um, She had her first child, which was a girl in 1998, and her first arrest was in 1999. And her records were sealed from that case, so we don't really know what happened, but we do know that it was a felony and that she had to serve three years for it. That's all the information I have for you. She had her son in 2002, and in 2005, she got charged with parole violation, and she had to serve another year because of that. So on June 7th of 2007, she was arrested for trespassing, and she went to jail. She served like 48 hours for that. In 2008, she had her second daughter. So... On September 3rd, 2008, at 10.40 p.m., Carla was pulled over. At the time, she had a brand-new 2009 Chevy Malibu. I used to love those Malibus. Everybody used to have them, and I used to want them so bad. I think they're cute cars. Well, I thought that they were very nice. I think I liked—especially, I feel like that makes sense they came out in 2009 because by the time we were in college, that was everybody's hand-me-down car. It was a nice car. Whatever. But anyways, she was pulled over by the Mount Vernon Narcotics Police. Now, now I don't know if they had been watching her or whatever made them pull her over, but they clearly had to have been watching her because they pulled her over. They searched her car. She had about 7.5 grams of crack on her and about $1,850 in cash. Now, y'all, I don't know nothing about no crack prices, but I went into my deep sources and I found out that that's about $400 to $600 because gas prices are high out there. And they arrested her. And as they were arresting her, she was like, no, 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 you can't arrest me. You can't arrest me. My kids are at home. My kids are at home by themselves. And they're like, what? She's like, yeah, my kids are at home by themselves. I have a 10-year-old, a 6-year-old, and a 6-month-year-old. Six months And the police old. are... They know what I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) And they go to her house. And yes, the kids are there. 
not only were the kids there, the house, they're looking around the house like, what the hell is going on here? They're like knives and razors, drugs, all within like children's reach. And the oven is sitting on at 500 degrees. I have never had to cook anything on 500 degrees. Ever. I don't, I don't I've never gone up to 500 degrees. Um, I know broil gets very hot. I'm not, I'm not even sure of the specific degrees it gets to. And that is the only time that I make my oven go that hot. You know? And I just, I don't know how cold it is in New York in September. But, like, the only reason I could think that she would leave the oven on that high would maybe to be to heat the house. But maybe not It doesn't while get the that high. Because, you know, you know, the uh, heat's broken downstairs. And so I per- turn the oven on when it gets really cold. And even though, and even still, the oven is open. So mm-hmm. if I set it to 350, it takes hours to get to 350. Like, I just have it set on something so that heat is being produced. Because it's open. <laughs> right, because it's open. Exactly. So. Mm-hmm. I just ain't never had to put my oven on 500. Ever. Not only did, that's not even the end of what they found. They also collected an additional 15 grams of crack, which comes out to about $1,200. And they found that. And then sitting on a plate, they found another eight grams, which is like $500 to $700. I'm telling you, that is expensive. That is not the same price for weed. This one wasn't crack. This, This was eight grams of coke. Right, because there, there's a difference. But still, right. it's, that is an expensive drug. And I do not understand how crackheads make it happen. I'm telling you, hustling. Because a crackhead going to have their shit. I saw this meme that was like, you want your goals, you want to achieve your goals, just wake up and remember this. No matter what, even a crackhead is going to make sure that they get their crack for that day. They're going to hustle, they're going to figure it out. And you can do that for your dreams. <laughs> <laughs> If a crackhead can do it, so can you. Dun, dun, dun. With all of these new discoveries that have been found in such a short period of time, they're like, okay, you're under arrest, obviously, and we're going to charge you with third-degree criminal possession of a controlled substance, one count of fourth-degree criminal possession of a controlled substance. Both of those are felonies. Um, We're going to have put you in for three counts of endangering the welfare of a child because that is just clear and you know those are misdemeanors i couldn't tell how long that she was hemmed up but she really wasn't locked up for that long now carla she had this old childhood friend and her name was glennis glennis pinto was born on january 10th 1978 to sylvia gibbs Glennis was considered an outgoing person who was always around with her friends. Now, Glennis was a bit of a people pleaser, but she also stuck to her guns and she stuck to her goals. At the age of 19, Glennis got pregnant and she was like hella scared at first. It wasn't the best situation. Her baby daddy was incarcerated. And and by the time she had her son, they were broken up and she was kind of just on her own. But she took motherhood very serious. You know, some people be like, my baby gave me purpose in this world. And my baby's the one who made me like get my life straight. Like she, she was focused on her son and was determined to be the best mother that she could be to him. She always wanted to make him happy. He was her first priority always, and she just wanted to make him the best man that he could be. They were like, 
her mom, Sylvia, de describes Glennis and Nasir as, like, best friends. Like, they was just tight. It was, like, one of them real nice mother-son dynamics, but, like, also not, like, a pushover. Like, she was still very much his mother, you know? Her son even described her as, like, strict, but also while still letting him do whatever he wanted. You know, he was just like, my mom's very straightforward, head on straight, straight to the point, like, you know, but he was like, I knew all of it was just to make sure I was set for my future. And he was like, my mom did everything she could. If she struggled, I ain't know about it because I got whatever I wanted. Like, I was well taken care of. Glenna, she worked in the healthcare industry. She was first worked as, like, a janitor in a hospital and then moved up to cleaning medical equipment and, like, surgery equipment. And then left the hospital and decided to get into a home health care field, which is like where she really feels like she found her purpose because she was like, I just love to help people and now it's my job. It's perfect for me, right? Um, now, Carla and Glennis were practically like family to each other. They watched each, they kind of grew up together. They both had kids kind of young and were kind of, you know, in that situation together. They, um, their kids grew up together. Nasir says, he would play with Carla's children and that Carla even attended his kindergarten graduation. He was like, we was that kind of close. Well, one day Carla and Glennis get into a fight over some money. Glennis loaned Carla some money and for whatever reason, Carla wasn't trying to pay it back. And tension starts building up between the two women and neither one of them was the one to play with, right? And so shit was just escalating and escalating. And this is all a petty argument over a couple a few dollars, you know what I mean? Glennis ends up going to Carla's brother, and Carla's brother pays Glennis back. So Glennis, at this point, shit's dead to her. She's got her money. It's fine. Carla's still mad. Like, how dare you go to my brother and get the fucking money? Like, you'd think she'd let it be dead because at least her debt is paid. She's still mad. But I didn't get the money from... But, but I didn't get the money from you, so I should be the one that's That's upset. not who... It was Glennis who who had the money borrowed and who was the money is owed. And she got paid. She just got paid from Carla's brother instead of Carla. So, Carla, why are you mad? You should be thinking of your brother. That's what I'm saying. You're like, let it go. But I guess Carla just wanted to keep on owing her. So this is how a long friendship went sour. Over absolutely nothing, sounds like. Now, Glenna, she was out doing her own thing. She was enjoying life, having fun. And she was like, you know what? I just met this dude, and maybe it's time for me to settle down. She meets this dude named Ken Lowe. Ken Lowe, he was a big guy. He was known as, like, a gentle giant. And she had actually known him for some time because he lived around Yonkers. They're all from Yonk. Did we say that this takes place in New York? They're in Yonkers. Apparently, this is like a place where everybody knows everybody or it's like six degrees of separation. Like, I know, yo, somebody that was in class with you one time that saw you ride a bike that it's one of those type of areas. And so she was always nice to him when they would see each other and Ken would be like, yo, you good or whatever? You need some money? You straight? What's up? And they really started to hit it off. I mean, they quickly became an item. Ken moved in. Him and Glennis were talking about their future together. You know, Glennis, she was ready to have another baby. So they were talking about that, thinking about getting started with that process of getting it on. <laughs> now, they even had plans to go to Vegas and get married. Overall, you know, they were a pretty happy family. Now, Carla, she was like, hmm, 
still pissed at Glennis. And she was trying to figure out the best way that she could get back at her. And so she was like, you know what? Because I guess she has time. <laughs> like, Right. She was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take that bitch mad. Because if you, you mess, mess with me, with me, I, I, take, me, your I take your man. <laughs> so that's what she decided to do. I mean, this is the original city girl, okay? She was like making advances at Ken, you know. She was trying, not oh, a city hey. girl by any means. Because <laughs> a city girl would never do what she did. You know? And part of that was that she wanted to take her man. So she's making these advances. She's like, oh, you know, you want to come over here? You want to do this? You want to do that? You want to hang out? And he was being a nigga. And he, of course, gave in after a while because that's what they do. And Carla fucked around and got pregnant. Apparently, this is not part of the plan. I mean, I can't imagine a world where this would be part of the plan. But of course, Carla is keeping the baby. Now, when she tells Ken about the pregnancy, he was like, listen, this was a mistake. I don't want that baby. I don't want nothing to do with you. You already know where I'm trying to be. You already know where I'm at. You already know who I love. Like, you know I want Glennis. And she was pissed. She was like, how dare... So you gonna choose Glennis over me? And I have your baby? So, of course, she made sure that Glennis found out about the affair. And she was gonna make sure that she deaded that relationship. Which is crazy. Like, everybody be wanting a side piece. But don't... When you make a side piece mad, don't expect... A side piece to not do side piece shit. Then they wasn't you know? a good side piece. There are rules to be in a side piece. I feel like we talked about this last mm-hmm. year. And there are to rules stay to in be your in a place. side piece. You have to stay in your lane. You have to know when to not answer the phone, when to answer the phone. You have to not be offended if they pick up the phone call while y'all are there. To, to, they're together. There are rules to be in a side piece. And the slow burn is always better than the fast hit. So when Glennis finds out about this, she is, I mean, she's devastated. This was like her friend. And not only that, she didn't even find out from her. She found out from a mutual friend because Carla told another girl to tell Glennis that Ken had been cheating. You can't even come to me like a woman. Woman, woman. Glennis, she wasn't having that. She ain't had no baby by him. Ain't no ties and we ain't gonna get married. So she kicked him out of the house in fall of 2014. He was out of the house, but of course he was trying his best to get back in. And Nasir, he still really loves Nasir. So Nasir was saying that he would do stuff like, uh, oh, Nasir, you need a uh, you need a ride up the hill? Because he had a car. And Nasir was like, oh yeah, give me a ride up to the house. And he was like, your mama in there? Yeah, my mama in there. Tell her to come down and talk to me, boy. <laughs> Tell her to come down and, and holler at me real quick. And he'd be like, baby, you know I love you. You know I want you back. All the all the stuff. Glennis, she wasn't having that shit. She, you were not going to fool her. She was not having none of that. And I feel like if we made the commitment that we're about to get married and you doing this, that that's the good Lord telling me I don't need to be with you. Mm. And you Glennis said... You nervous? Nervous pussy? Are you serious? You about to make me my blood boil. He was about to give his whole life up. He'd been a dog in these streets for years, and he was about to be locked down. He got a little nervous. Afraid of being to my down. friend, you could. Do, I would rather you do it to an ex, like some ex bitch that you just gonna be like, "This is my last time." My friend, mm. even and and you are well aware. If you my nigga, you are well aware that I'm not fucking with her. I'm trying to say you ain't fucking with her no more. So. <laughs> Girl, you making me sweat. I'm about to take this sweatshirt off because I am getting upset. I am getting mad. 
You know I don't even fuck with her no more. <laughs> you know this. <laughs> I just got pissed. So no wonder Glennis was like, no, nigga, kick rocks. I can do that all by myself. <laughs> now, Glennis, like, she was a very... <laughs> Glennis... <laughs> I'm really upset. Streaming October 6th on Paramount Plus. First place I learned about death was a pet cemetery. Dead things buried in that land would come back. There's something else. Something's wrong with Timmy. He needs time to adjust. That's not Timmy. Something's talking through him. Sometimes dead. Is better. Pet Cemetery. Bloodlines. Rated R. Streaming only on Paramount Plus. Now, Glenna, she was a very private person. And so a lot of people didn't know what was really going on. But then all of a sudden, people started noticing that on Glennis's Facebook, this woman kept commenting on her page and posting on her page all of this crazy shit. So on April 12th, Glennis posted, Some chicks don't know how to move the fuck on TF. And then Carla responds to the post and says, some chicks don't know how to keep their hands to themselves. And then Glennis is like, okay, honey, like, whatever. So on April 15th, Carla posted on Facebook, I don't know what you were expecting, but I would stay inside if I was you. If you step out there, you will be dealt with accordingly. In the comments, one of her friends added Glennis and was like, Glennis, is she coming for you? So, four days later, on April 18th, 2015, Carla calls her friend Janelle, and she's like, hey, can you watch my back? I need to um, go confront Glennis about all this shit she's been talking on Facebook and yada, yada, yada. Um, And her friend was like, listen, girl, you know, you pregnant. I, I ain't about to let nobody, like jump you or nothing or do you crazy or whatever. So I'm going to go just to have your back. So in the car is red flag number one. Red flag number one in the car to why, go confront why, somebody. Which is, your pregnant friend. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Is is pregnant Carla, her friend Janelle, Carla's son, and her friend Janelle's two kids. So they pull up beside a bodega. And it's on a corner of I know I'm gonna fuck this up. It's on the corner of Warburton Avenue and Babcock Place. And they waited and they stayed parked there for like over an hour. We guess Carla sent a text or whatever, because next thing we know, look who's pulling up is Glennis. Now, Glennis and her friend were hanging out. They met up in Bronx early that afternoon. You got to say the Bronx. They met up in the Bronx early in the afternoon, and they were about to go shopping at a local mall in Yonkers. But then, Glennis received a text that made her want to take a detour. And she was like, hold on, girl. We're going to go shopping in just a minute. There is something I've got to go handle. So, she stops on the corner of Warburton Avenue in Babcock Place, and she gets out the car. She tells her friend she's going to be right back. She got to go handle something. Friend starts scrolling on her phone or whatever, waiting on 
uh, Glennis come back. She just minding her business, you know, just down for the ride. Next thing she knows, she hears shouting, and she looks up and sees Glennis yelling at somebody in a BMW parked on the other side of the street. And she's a little confused. She's like, I mean, fucking New Yorkers, right? Arguing and yelling at each other all the time. Road rage and shit. Girl, you remember um, my first fight with a New Yorker on the subway? I do. It was recorded. that was good. (laughs) (laughs) Just yelling at me for no reason. (laughs) I mean, that's why she thought nothing of it. Right. So what was really going down was this was Carla in the car and her and Glennis are arguing about Ken and Carla's action. They screaming, cussing at each other. Glennis ready to throw them hands whenever you want them. They here waiting on you, okay? And she was like, step out the car. You want to talk so loud and puff your chest up? Step out the motherfucking car. Y'all, Carla didn't even do so much as roll down her window. She said she can't come outside today. That means she's scared, right? Right. So, Glennis is like, this scary bitch ain't about to get out the car. And, you know, she yells and she starts to walk back towards her car from the crosswalk. Next thing you know, Carla hit the gas and starts running over Glennis. Glennis is holding onto the hood. Her legs just kicking and running, trying to find ground. This car is going about 30, 40 yards and then Glennis couldn't hold on anymore and ends up letting go, falls onto the ground. And the front and rear passenger tire runs over Glennis's leg and body. And Carla continues to drive off. Now, Glennis' friend is in the car. And, you know, she looked up when she heard the yelling. She watches her friend get drugged down the street and ran over. And the car continued to drive as if nothing fucking happened. She's shook, of course, and starts calling the police. And the police get there at about 5.30. They rush to the scene. It was like, okay, you know, this is just a pedestrian walking, got hit by oncoming traffic. We see this. When they get there, Glennis is face down, unconscious, in the road. Her friend is next to her, sobbing, hyperventilating, and... The police are like, can you tell us anything? And she's just like, Glennis, Glennis. Like, all she can get out is her name. It's Glennis, it's Glennis. So, I mean, they're like, okay, well, we've identified her as Glennis. We got to get her to the hospital. She's in critical condition. Glennis had several fractures and lots of organ damage, and she ended up being pronounced dead on arrival at the hospital. Now, the detectives arrived at the scene, and for hit and runs, they automatically categorize it as an act of malice. But most of the time, like, it's New York, So it could be just random road rage. It could be somebody that's undocumented. It could be teenagers with their parents' car. Like, it could just be anything, right? But Glenna's friend, the one that was really shaken up and called 911, she was like, okay, I saw that she was in a verbal argument with somebody, and also she got a text before we got here that made us make this whole detour in the first place. And so the detectives are like, okay. And her friend was like, well, I initially thought that it was from Ken. You know, that's... They going through it, but, you know, that's a kid, whatever. But when we got here, I didn't recognize the car. I know that it was a dark sedan, and I didn't know the license plate. I was looking down at my phone. She got us started arguing. I didn't think too much of it until I looked up and saw what was really going on. That doesn't really give police much to work with. They don't have a license plate. They know a dark sedan in New York, so 
great, you've taken out not many of the cars. But they look up and they're like, oh, great. There are cameras here on the light fixtures. And oh my goodness, they are working. Let's contact Public Works to get some of the footage. Now, back at the hospital, when the detectives arrive, Glenna's family and friends, they had already begun to gather around and they were like, OK, well, let's take this opportunity to do the same interview we always do. Does she have any enemies? What was the last time you saw her? Do you know anything about who would want to harm her? The questions that we know that they always ask. When Nasir arrives, it was actually the detectives that broke the news to him. And he was like, he had to collect himself. Like, that was his mama. He was like, he cried for days for like a month straight like that was his mama and they were like do you know anybody that would want to harm her he was like I mean everybody everybody in the neighborhood loved her it she was great no one would really have beef with her and they were like well is she in a relationship he was like well yeah she's in a relationship and the relationship hasn't been going too well like my was about to be stepdaddy is no longer about to be my stepdaddy because he fucked around and cheated. He was a child because he messed around and cheated on her. And so that's all I know. And they're like, okay, well, and she's not taking him back. And so the detectives are like, okay, well, she's not taking him back. He's might be upset. This is a good lead. Let's see where he is. I don't know if we told you this earlier, but Ken, but Ken had been to jail a few times. I mean, Mostly for drug shit, nothing really violent, but the detectives are like, ooh, he already has a record. We're already looking looking like we're going in the right direction. Now, Ken wasn't the only person in their sight, so they're like, okay, we know that Ken cheated with somebody, so could it be a love triangle? The only way we would know who this person is is if we talk to Ken. Now, they made several attempts to reach out to Ken, but they were unsuccessful, and they also tried to connect him to the car uh, through the DMV, but he had no connection to this a dark sedan. That's not the type of car that he has. However, finally, the footage came back from CCTV, and they were like, oh, my goodness. This was definitely intentional. This wasn't just a random hit and run. We can see that the car that hit her clearly had been idling there, waiting for her for, like, a while, like an hour, but they weren't able to identify who the driver was. So they released the video to the public, but the detectives are stuck again. So they went back to the scene of the crime to find any type of witness. And so the bodega owner actually said that he saw everything. He gave them an actual lead. He said that he saw a driver and it was parked out there for quite a while. That's why he noticed it. And the driver was a woman. So this is great, right? Ken has been ruled out as a suspect. However, Ken never talked to the police. Detectives received a tip from an anonymous source to check out Glennis's social media. And this is when they see Carla making threats and antagonizing her on the internet, right? They also get to pulling up Carla's criminal record. They go around Glennis' family and her social circle and they start asking about Carla. And to their surprise, they learn that Carla and Glennis have once been friends and now they're just in some ugly, bitter rivalry thing. And they're like, okay, so they've got this recent feud between him. She's definitely looking like a suspect, like for real, for real. The police add Carla's mugshot to a collage of other mugshots, and they bring it to the bodega store owner, and the bodega store owner identifies Carla as the woman who was sitting in a dark-colored sedan outside his store. And with this, Carla becomes our main subject. Now I'm going to have to pull over here for a second. 
please do. I knew you were going to do it. <laughs> I was really waiting for you to get your sentence out so I didn't have to laugh. I saw you, I saw you breathing and I said, I'm going to have to pull up and park it for just a second. We were watching, what was it? Fatal Attraction? Fatal Attraction. But <laughs> be fucking it up. <laughs> and they are reenacting this scene right here and they show the the little six pack with Carla and the other people who they're supposed to, you know, the other people on the six pack that aren't supposed to be the person that they identify, right? Why are they all <laughs> mugshots of other murderesses? I seen Victoria Jackson on there. Uloma was on there. Man. One of them was, okay, so two of them, one of them was the actor that was playing um, Carla. And another one was clearly the actor, was clearly another actor picture. And then one of them, I was like, I don't even know who this girl is. She probably a murderess. Man, I said, these faces look awfully familiar. And I'm impressed with myself that I can identify these women on here. Like, who else would have caught that, you know? It was crazy. I was like... Y'all, when I saw it, I screenshot it and sent it to Tazzy. I said, you see this? And she said, girl, them faces look familiar. And I told myself to go back. <laughs> it's wild. That was too funny. All right. You got to watch this one on TV one, y'all. Somebody was like, can y'all make a cheat sheet of how to, um, where to watch all the episodes? I was like, who child? That might have to be Patreon content. I might have to pay for that. <laughs> I'll just have to tell you here. Or they they be sharing with each other in the discussion group. Another benefit. But that one is on the TV One app. That's the only place I can find it. Anywho, back into the story. Detectives go to Carla's last known address in Mount Vernon. And she's not home. But her brother was. Her brother's like, yeah, she lives here. No, I don't know where she's at. No, I don't know when she's going to be back back and no i don't know how to get in touch with her you know i don't know shit the police put the house under surveillance and they are watching it just waiting for carla to appear right as they're waiting they get a call from an unlikely source guess who it is y'all it's janelle carla's friend who rode with her to the bodega (laughs) to have her back right Janelle is like, listen, y'all t- y'all looking for this mystery woman who was with Ken? It was Carla. <laughs> she was with Ken. And now she pregnant with his baby. And the cops are like, oh, tell us more. She was like, well, Carla got pregnant when she told Ken. Ken wasn't really excited at all. He was like, there is no me and you. This was a mistake. I was just fucking around. This should have never happened. And Carla gets pissed because Ken chose her over Glennis. And Carla was doing everything she could to sabotage their relationship. She's the one who made sure the secret got out about her and Ken messing around in the first place. After Glennis kicked Ken out, Ken still didn't want to be with Carla. And that just upset her even more. Janelle, she just starts going. She's like, listen, I know Carla could be a high head. I just, I thought she was venting and needed somebody to talk to. I just never thought it was going to go this far. I didn't know she was that upset to do what she did. And the cops are like, oh, so did Carla tell you what she did? She's like, he ain't have to. I was there. I was in the car. They was like, you was what? They was like, we ain't seen no passenger on the surveillance camera. And that bodega owner didn't talk about a passenger either. He's like, oh, this is fucking great. So tell us what happened. She was like, listen, I agreed to ride along because my girl is pregnant. And I didn't know what Glennis was going to do. And I just had to have her back, right? I just wanted to make sure things didn't go too far. And 
we were sitting in the car and Glennis came up and they was yelling through the windows and Glennis was starting to walk away. And then Carla just steps on the gas and doesn't let go. So they're like, okay, well, how did Carla get Glennis to show up there in the first place? And Janelle's like, I don't know. And at this point, police are trying to figure out, you know, was it Carla who said, come meet me here? Or was it Ken who said, come meet me here? And is Ken still a part of this plot? So then the police are like, listen, it's been a few days since that happened. Why are you just now saying something if you were there when it happened? She was like, you listen, I wasn't trying to get him up for this shit. I was afraid that what was going to be happening to me. I didn't want to be an accessory to it. But I just feel so guilty, like, Glennis is really dead. I can't I can't hold on to it anymore. But I really, I promise y'all I didn't know nothing was going down. I promise, I promise. So police issue out a warrant for Carla's arrest and they're back staking the house. They watched it for a total of four days and Carla had posted this rant on Facebook. Now, I have not found access to the full rant, but there was a snippet and it said, y'all fake threats mean nothing to me. I'm never scared, but jump out there and you will be dealt with accordingly. I just feel like scared was the behavior that was being had when you wouldn't even roll down your window when Glennis confronted you. Mm. But whatever. Mm-hmm. Because we could have just fought. You know... It could have just been dead. And then with. I wouldn't even fought you because you're you pregnant. pregnant. You so could have already just had the up. easy pass. Right. So on April 22nd, 2015, on day four of the stakeout, guess who they found leaving the house, attempting to disguise herself with a hat? And it was a very poor attempt, let me tell you. She had like, you know how back in the day when but now we it was like not a kid anymore, but sometimes I say, I wish I was a kid again. Yes, and in J15, they would have the tabloids of our favorite celebrities. Throw back. (laughs) They'd have the tabloids of our favorite celebrities, like, with their hat on them, but you knew exactly who it was. That's exactly how she came out. A girl, we see you. (laughs) They took her in for an interview, and she refused to talk. They were like, she was like, they were like, so you're not going to answer any of my questions? She was like, no. They're like, who do you want to talk to? She said, my lawyer. So, of course, they had to end the meeting right there. She was charged with felony counts of first and second degree manslaughter, leaving the scene of a fatal accident and criminal possession of a weapon. She was held without bail because they thought that she was a flight risk. Now, Glennis, her family and the community, they're like, no, no, no. Manslaughter. This is murder. People are not taking into consideration that this was intentional. This was a planned killing in a statement. Detective Lieutenant Patrick McCormick said, quote, investigation to date has revealed that the suspect had a prior dispute with the victim. The suspect, while operating a motor vehicle, subsequently struck the victim with the suspect vehicle in the area of Waterburn Avenue and Babcock Place, resulting in the victim's death. Westchester County District Attorney Janet DeFlor said in a statement, quote, the victim spent the last seconds of her life clinging to the hood of a car, and now the defendant will ultimately spend a good portion of her future in prison. Upon the arrest, Glennis family and friends left cards, flowers, and lit candles at the scene of the crime. They shared their memories of Glennis, and they talked about the friendship that turned deadly. At some point while all this was going on, Carla told the judge... Quote, if I get bail, I'm out of here. And the judge was like, yes. And that's exactly why I'm not giving you bail. On April 25th, four months later, Ken was shot in the head, neck, 
and spinal cord while sitting in a car with his friend, Roland Fairclaw. It is not connected with Glenna's death, but it actually happened very close to where she died. And everybody was talking about how it was a really eerie coincidence. Yeah, they they questioned if it was connected at first and then ruled out that it wasn't. But very sad on Nasir to lose both parental figures that he had at the time, only four months apart from each other. Couldn't nobody find Ken? I mean, he was around. I guess the detectives couldn't find and talk to Ken. I'm sure Nasir, Mm -hmm. I hope. I mean, Nasir speaks highly of him, so I'm sure he does. While all this is going on, Carla still had to prepare to go to trial. Take that shit to trial, bitch. Take that shit to trial, bitch. Take that shit to trial, bitch. Take that shit to trial. On July 12th of 2016, Carla's trial began and she was facing 25 years in prison. During the trial, the prosecution explains that although they can't prove that Carla intentionally killed Glennis, we certainly, for a fact, know that you did run over her and kill her. That part is non-disputable. Now, Carla's defense team leans into the whole, it was an accident, we didn't mean to, and they claimed that Carla merely meant to bump into Glennis but hit her too hard. And then she fled this scene because she freaked out. Let me tell you why that is a lie, okay? Because there is footage of her being ran over. And, like, footage that you guys can see, they show it on Federal Attraction. You can look up a YouTube clip. She was holding onto that car for a few seconds. And, and really trying. You know, I done bumped something, and that brake tap is hard, okay? When you when you know you make contact, you you brake hard. There was no break. There was never a break. Not, not once did she gas. hit the break. And I don't think she was going like 50 miles an hour into her, but I'd say make me it's like smooth 20, 15, 20. And she was going from and she was going from a stopped position and hitting the brake so fast, your car gets a little kick. Mm-hmm. There was never no right back. That's why this argument is so unbelievable and why the jury did not buy it and why the jury found her guilty of first-degree manslaughter and leaving the scene of a fatal accident. On September 27th, she had her sentencing hearing. Here, the prosecutor said that the killing of Glennis was callous and it was intentional. Carla's attorney, Lawrence Fisher, asked for the minimum sentence of eight years because Carla had to get back home to her six kids. Glennis's mother, Sylvia, does a victim impact statement, and it goes, Well, now, here we are face-to-face to finalize the idiot decision you made. Maliciously and deliberately, you have, stored, have destroyed our family and friends, including your own. Me and my grandson, Nasir, will carry this with us for the rest of our lives. I am angry that your decision has made my grandson a man instantly. He didn't even get a chance to experience 17 or 18 as a teenager. My great-grands will never meet their grandmother. Glennis was our rock, our joy, who gave love, fun, jokes, even her heart. Take your lucky ass on and go straight to hell. (laughs) Well said. So... Mm -hmm. Carla doesn't even speak at the hearing, but her attorney reads out loud a letter that she wrote, but for whatever reason was unable to bring her mouth to say these words. Quote, I'm not going to say that I don't have any remorse because I do. 
regardless of her actions against me, I never wanted anything to happen to either of us. This was an accident that could have played out differently for both of us. Life gives us some hard roads to travel and great struggles, and through it all, I still have compassion to say, I'm sorry, even if it's not my fault. I didn't knowingly try to cause harm to anyone's life or show disregard for human life. I was in fear of my life, and more so, my onboard child, my son, in the car with my friend, and her two kids. Now, the judge, Judge Barbara Zambelli, was like, The killing of Glennis Pinto was a ruthless act driven by anger and hate, and there's no showing of remorse, regret, contortion. There's there's nothing that you're showing. So you know what I'm going to give you? You're going to jail for 25 years. That's the max I can give you. That's where you're going. Walking out of the courtroom, Sylvia, Glennis's mother, shot at hooray. <laughs> I know she did. She she's not as cra- no, she I was about to say she reminded me of was a Columbama, but not as crazy. Right. Mm-hmm. She shouted hooray. Now Nasir has two children and he regrets that his children will never see their grandmother. Oh, goodness gracious, child. That was a wild story. All right, y'all. It is time for... Well, I'm not black. I'm OJ. I didn't do it, but if I did, this is how I would have got away with it. I got so many things. Would you like to start? I ain't do it, but if I did, if your brother paid your debt, let your brother have paid your debt. Squash it, in it, did it. It should have never went no further than that. You know, you was mad because you ain't had the money to pay her back. You was mad but about you something. you did, though. You, you had all that crack. You, ha- you had money. You had all them drugs. If I didn't do it, but if I did, once you got pregnant, she let that nigga go. So why don't you just let her let him go? And if he don't want, it don't matter if he don't want the kid. If you still want the kid, you can keep the kid. Now, if you were planning on him being an active father of a kid that he made sure he didn't want, and you knew and he knew that was one night stand, I mean, you were goofy. But you can keep the kid. I ain't do it, but if I did, I ain't going to have these niggas know I'm out here sweating him. Don't chase no man that don't want you, girl. You ain't got to play yourself like that. It's not cute. I ain't do it, but if I did, I would have not been arguing with nobody on Facebook. I don't understand why people still argue on Facebook. I don't think they do. They definitely don't do it as much now as they used to back in the day. But my goodness, like, keep your shit off the book. I'm telling you. Keep your business off of Facebook. Yeah. Keep your business off of Facebook. Mm -hmm. Because... Your your online footprint is so deep. I ain't do it, but if I did, I wouldn't instigate a fight that I was scared to finish. Because when she walked up to your window and said, what's up, you didn't even roll your window down. So what's up? That's crazy that you sat there for an hour. An hour. And still didn't do nothing. You wasted an hour not only of your time, but your friend's time And you wasted them babies' time, too, which brings me to mine. Why you bring not only your friend into this, but your kids, your kid, your unborn child, and her two kids? Why you bring us along for this murder? 
I ain't do it, but if I did, if I was going to claim that I didn't mean to run her over, I would at least have stopped, like, or braked at some point. Because even if you hit her and y'all they got like footage foot of her hanging on for dear life. But you ain't stopped till she fell off and you heard that bump bump. You know, and it's it's one thing to even, like, jerk the car at somebody. Like, you gonna hit them just to mm-hmm. scare her and she might jump out of the way. You'd be like, ah, yeah, bitch. Like, no, you hit her. Like, I done tapped somebody with my car before. And yeah. I realized I hit them and, and hit the brakes. They were, that was my first instinct was to hit the brakes. If you ain't mean to, your foot would have tapped them damn brakes. <laughs> I remember when you hit your sister. <laughs> <laughs> She was not happy with you. But at the end of the day, she was alive. There were no broken bones. You know what I'm saying? And, and y'all was arguing that day. So she really thought you meant it, but you didn't. Like, you could, you no charges were pressed. You y'all know? just argue. Y'all, y'all sisters, y'all so stupid. That was fun. I remember you telling me that story. And I was just like, this is so funny. And I know I'm not supposed to be laughing at this. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't do it, but if I did. Girl, first of all, your disguise sucked. Second of all, your wig was, like, very laid. And it was, like, a bright, blonde, copper, like, light copper-ish color. Like, who did you think you were hiding from? Is that the disguise you came up with? I would have had no hair. How we saw her at sentencing where she had her her hair braided down like she was about to get to someone, that's how I would have had my hair. And then maybe a, you know, and then a hoodie or something. Like, girl, you didn't even try. Like they wasn't going to stop whoever came to fuck out that house anyway. She should have never left. You were stuck, honey. Don't right. come out until you're ready to go. I feel like, because we've seen a lot of investigations, this is like the fourth day, right? And a lot of things seem to happen on the fourth day. You need to, if you're going to lock down, I've seen stuff on the ninth day. You have to lock down for like... A while. Two weeks to a month. And I feel like two weeks is really early. You need to be on lockdown for about a month. Mm-hmm. And the only person coming in and they really think that you house is your brother. They be like, damn, she she just not here. She just done fell out the face of the earth. Exactly. Exactly. Because they can't come in that house. You know, unless they get a search warrant. Right. I ain't do it, but if I did, I would have read my own letter. When I was about to get sentenced. Yeah. And then it was so nasty. I can sympathize even though I ain't do it. I'm not going to say I don't have remorse because I do. That's like, I'm not going to say I'm upset. I'm not upset because I'm upset. Like, I still have compassion to say I'm sorry. You didn't say I'm sorry. Your lawyer read off something that you clearly scribbled down on a notepad. Like, girl. Because he told you it would be a good idea to say something. Exactly. Annoying. Um, parole or no parole? Um, I mean, not early. I think she can go ahead and do that full 25 because she fucking lied. You did it on purpose. Yeah. Um, It was the sitting and waiting and for me, and I definitely understand why her, her family wanted first-degree murder because at the end of the day, it's very much feeling like it's premeditated. And very I know much intentional. Very... You waiting there for an hour is giving, I was waiting to do something to you. Right. And it's not like, it would have been hard to prove because I can't say that I was trying to kill you. I wanted to scare you, but girl, you didn't stop. It has just been a risky trial to take. Right. That's the end of the show. All right, y'all. Let's read some reviews <laughs> and get out of here. She's ready to go, Okay. This one comes from The Real Kara, says, 
I love them. Five stars. Most of the stories I've heard of before, because I'm a true crime junkie, but I love their take on it. Keep singing and cursing. I love it. Thanks, Shouty. Thank you. Thank you. This one's from Layla. Says, totally in love with this podcast. I've always heard about this podcast here and there for the last year, but I wasn't really into true crime like that, so I didn't bother listening to this podcast. True crime was always so boring to me, just repetition of facts. This podcast has completely changed my mind. I'm a true crime junkie, thanks to you guys. You guys really bring the stories to life with being res- while being respectful of the deceased. I love, love, love the fact that these stories are about women in our community. The amount of research put into the episode is evident that you guys really care about the content. You guys truly have a gift of storytelling, and I cannot wait to hear more from you. Keep up the good work. Smiley face. That's so cute. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Makes my heart sing. If y'all <laughs> want to keep up with us, y'all can do anytime, any place. Mm. Anytime. Any place I can find them on Instagram at Sisters Who Kill Pod, Twitter, Sisters Who Kill, TikTok, Sisters Who Kill Podcast. Join the discussion group. Make sure that you are speaking in a way that won't get us shut down by the powers that be. That means white people. Thank you so much. <laughs> and I hope you enjoy the rest of your day, evening, morning, or night. Anything else, friend? Talk to us. We talk back. Bye. Bye.